This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Joey Levin, Alex Ruane, back again. Alex, um, I was thinking about this early, during the day. Uh, we've been doing the show for about a month. And today was the first day where I was like, man, it's going to be tough to do an episode tonight. I'm just tired. No. We do it every night. Not, not that I don't enjoy it. I'm just saying, like, I was tired. The games today, I wasn't like overly excited about these games for some reason. Um, and then the Raptors and the Celtics. Oh my lord! Um, the best game of the playoffs, and now the best series of the playoffs. Like I, I don't That's even think it's. Per- I don't even. But I also don't even think it's particularly. I mean, I guess the Jazz Nuggets series was pretty incredible, but man, um, that I mean, that's we start right there, right? I mean. Raptors beat the Celtics. If you didn't see it, I mean, you might even just go back and watch it. It it was that good of a game. It was a classic. Um, Raptors beat the Celtics 125-122 in double overtime to tie up the series, and now we get a game seven. So the series that everyone was so pumped about, that everyone said was going to be the best series ever, that people were so jacked up about, actually ended up being how often does that happen where you come into the series or anything in life where you're like this is going to be the best thing ever and then it turns out to be the best thing ever it has lived up to the hype completely and yeah to answer your question not many things in life do that Joe. no no let take this podcast in a whole different direction life is pretty disappointing <laughs> and we're let's just yeah that's well established i don't think i don't if you're listening to this podcast you must know that um <laughs> um Here's the wild thing about this game. So I wa- like obviously I watched the game, but then if you look at the box score, you're like, looking at it right now. How did the Raptors win? Jalen Brown goes for 31 and 16. Jason Tatum goes for 29, 14, nine assists, two. St- he has a Kawhi Leonard line: nine assists, two steals, two blocks. Marcus Smart gets a triple double: 23. Points, 11 rebounds, 10 10 assists. Daniel Tice gets 18 points. Brown, Tatum, Smart, and Tice. Tice being their tallest player in their that other than Robert Williams, who plays for them at 6'8, out rebounded the entire Raptors team 48 46. And somehow the Raptors end up winning. Um, A lot of people will point to Kyle Lowry. He was incredible. We'll talk about him. But my my takeaway from the whole thing is Nick Nurse. He heard me. He heard me in the beginning of the series, and he 
he got he got angry that I said Brad Stevens was playing chess, not checkers, or and everyone and everyone else was playing checkers. And Nick Nurse just keeps doing things. You're like, damn, that that's why he's the coach of the year. He he even said it in one of their timeout interviews or coming out from a commercial. Their game plan was to shut down Kemba. So they played a box and one on him. And I even texted you after the first half. I'm like, I don't understand why they're continuing this box and one because everyone else is just getting off. Second half, they just hounded him. And then they went at him every time on the defensive end. And he ends up two of 11 from the field with five points. That's the and difference. Toronto wins. Yeah. That's the difference. I mean, outside of that, both teams played pretty well. I mean, they both played well defensively. Guys, other than Pascal Siakam, who we'll talk about too, but it was a pretty evenly matched game throughout, other than Kemba was horrible. And that was what Nick Nurse's plan was. It really worked. And if you ask me ahead of time, you know, if Nick Nurse comes to me and says, Hey, Alex, our plan is to shut down Kemba, I'd be like, Why? Let's shut down Jason Tatum. <laughs> shut down. Yeah. But it completely worked. Um, Tatum and Brown got theirs. Tatum um, didn't look great all game, but he ended up looking. I mean, he ended day. up getting his numbers. Um, but in early on, he was not scoring the ball well. But late, he came through. So, and it was also double overtime. So you got to take that into account. But yeah, I have something to say about Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry is one of those guys that is so consistently good that it's rendered him underrated. You know, like okay, so just let's know just what, let's just get into it because that was a topic I wanted to come. I wanted to talk about. Like, he's just, you know what he is, like, you, everyone, every and, and every hardcore NBA fan knows what Kyle Lowry's game is and how good he is, and it really doesn't waver. And so, like, when he has an outburst, a 33-point outburst, it's like, you're like, damn, he is really good. Maybe I've, sleep, I've slept on him a little bit. Um, he won the game for him because our boy, Pascal Siakam, 12 points, again, 0 for 5 from 3 points. Like, yeah, he's Kyle a Lowry's he's, the, he Kyle Lowry's the star of the team. He's well, like, okay, he's, yes, yes, Kyle Lowry's the star, and I wanted to bring it up because NBA Twitter, um, first of all, Joel Embiid tweet, tweeted about it that he doesn't that he's underappreciated. JJ Redick responded about it. Um, all these writers and everyone's talking about how Kyle Lowry's underappreciated. I couldn't disagree anymore. I think he is. 100% perfectly appreciated for what he has accomplished. Like, I guess, and this is not even, a, this is not a knock on Kyle Lowry because he is very good. He's an all-star. Um, and he's been a good player for a really long time. Really good. But what are we supposed to, like, what are we not appreciating about Kyle Lowry? Everyone knows he's a, a great defensive player. Everyone knows that he plays really hard. And then he's been really good for the Raptors for a really long time. But, like, past that, what is he? He's just another point guard in the NBA. Like, he's just – we talked about it the other day. The, the the position is so deep. Like, he's really good. But to after one game where he had to have an incredible game for them to force a game seven where they almost got knocked out of the playoffs again, I'm, I'm just a little – I guess I'm just confused, like – what am I missing about how much people appreciate Kyle Lowry that he's like all of a sudden this most underappreciated guy? I think he's That's just kind of what I'm saying is I think he's his, appropriately appreciated for what he has done. So I think my take on it is like 
NBA fans, including myself, are so obsessed with the next best thing and, you know, the guy that went for 40 most recently. And Kyle Lowry has been consistent, so consistent for so long that it's kind of just like he's just there. He's just that guy that that made another all star game this year. Um I'm not saying you're underappreciating him. Maybe no, you're no, appreciating I, I him think, at a perfect level. But I think there's like this general feeling now all of a sudden that he's underappreciated. But I don't think he's done anything in his career. And again, not a knock, right? But I don't think he's done anything in his career for us to all of a sudden be like put him on this different level of appreciation as a player. Just just be, just being a really good player for a really long time doesn't mean like I'll have to like suddenly like I, I'm just I don't know I guess I, I don't understand all right I think I, think I have we, a good I think we from my own perspective I guess I always thought he was appreciated for what he is which is a really good player who has been to six all-star games and has been good for the Raptors for a really long time but is not a star he's just really like you said really good for a really long time because Listen, he has been an all-star and he has been really good. But until last year, he accomplished nothing. Again, it took Kawhi Leonard for him to go to a finals. And this year, they haven't even made it out of the second round. And all the people that are like 33 points in 50 minutes, eight guys played 50 minutes last night. Eight players. Kyle Lowry was not the only one who played 50 minutes last night. Kyle Lowry was the best player for the Raptors. But Norman Powell had one of his best games in the playoffs. Fred Van Fleet had a good game. I just am confused about the all of a sudden he's this super underappreciated player. I, I think he's appropriately appreciated, like I said, which is not easy so, to keep saying. So I, I'm really not on Twitter very often. So I, I missed all the, the hype around or, or the discussion about him being underappreciated. But I will say in the fourth quarter and overtime, it kind of crossed my mind where I was like, you know, I really don't consider him a guy that can go out and, and win a game by himself. And that's kind of what I saw him do tonight. He hit so many big shots down the stretch. Well, I disagree with that. I mean, that he won it by himself. Yeah, because Nick Nurse won that game. He, he, okay. he, well, Kyle Lowry. Players on the court. Right. I mean, I understand that. But, I mean, Norm Powell had 23 points. He, he yeah. was huge. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess. I wouldn't count on Kyle Lowry to do that. And that's why maybe he's not looked at in this way, in that way, because the reason why you don't think of him that way is because he doesn't do that consistently. Like he does it every now and then, like he did tonight, last night, but that's not him. He's not a go-to number one guy. So again, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm not, I guess it's just like, I think he's, he is what he is. He's a good player. He's been in the league for a long time. But I don't think – I think people – I think it was a way overreaction because he had a really good game. Okay. I mean, I, I had that same reaction separately from, from Twitter. So It's I weird that, that you did that. that I mean, yeah. I guess it's not that weird. Maybe I'm the weird one because everyone else seems to be reacting that way, and I'm just like, okay, he had a good game. It seems very reactionary that all of a sudden it's like super underappreciated guy. But Maybe – maybe underappreciates the wrong word and like people just forget what his ceiling is on a given night. Maybe that's a better way to like, I, I just watching it. I was like, he's playing his ass off and yeah. why don't I 
why don't I recognize him as a player that's capable of doing that? He clearly is. Yeah, maybe he I just, just maybe I just do, and maybe I'm not. Under, yeah, maybe I'm maybe yeah, I'm not one. Maybe I'm not one of the ones who underappreciates him. Exactly, and that's why I, I think it's case. weird that everybody does. I don't know, but he's. I mean, yeah. Look, I'm just. I, I guess as they say, right? I'm looking. I would like everybody to just keep that energy if they lose Game Seven, right? Let's all keep under saying he's underappreciated if they don't even win the series. Because it just seems like it was after one big game, they're all like, we forget how good he is. They might not even make it out of the second round. So, but um, if they don't make it out of the second round, it's because your boy Pascal Siakam. Ooh, this team's a mess. I'm not going to get too far into it, but think about this. Gasol's, Gasol, Abaka, and Van Fleet are all free agents. Mm. Kyle Lowry is old. Even though he's playing well, he's old. And they just signed Siakam to this huge deal. This team is a mess going forward. Like, even if they make it out of this series, the only way things are good in Toronto is if they somehow have a miracle run and, and win, even get to the finals. Because after this, this offseason for them is going to be an absolute disaster. Yeah, that's what, I mean, if you're a Toronto fan, you got to be happy you got that ring last year. Maybe that'll hold them over. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, had a friend, the, I had a friend text me. A ring me, is a ring, you know? I had a friend text me today who was like, would you try to trade Siakam? And like, just try to totally see if you could get a, a high draft pick or another player, like something, and just totally rebuild. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I never be thought it at all. But I, never I think thought his about value, it. his never, value is like plummeting right now in sure, my mind. Sure. Well, unless it's a team that already has a star. Yeah, but he could be. Con- I mean, he's the proven contract that he, thing kicking in. I like, totally, but I mean, you got to pay that kind of money for a second star. In the in the right. league, the way it is now, and he's proven he can be the second star on a championship team. If you have the best player in the world at the time, next sure, time. sure, which is also a conversation we'll have. Um, you know whose contract is not shitty, Marcus Smart. Whew. He's Triple he's double. looking like one of the best contracts in the NBA. He has two more years still, and he's making twelve million and thirteen million. The guy's probably going to be in his, on his next deal. He's probably going to get twenty five million a year. Good for him. He is. Uh, he's on the real. Boston to have that. I and mean, those are the types. You know of what's deals. funny is we were talking about Jalen Brown being one of the top two way players in the league. The way Marcus Smart's been playing, he's one of the top two way players in the league because he's already one of the in best defenders series, in the league. In this series, sure, he's he's out of his mind right now. But I mean, the, it's this three point shooting that's just come out of nowhere. You know, it's he's like, always been hot he, and cold. But yeah, right. But if he's not shooting this way, we, we're not talking about him as a great two-way, as one of the best two-way players in the league right now. It's just like... I, I don't think... He, I, I know he's not one of the... He's probably not one of the best two-way players, offensive two-way players in the league. But he... I'm saying if he keeps playing this way. Like yeah, if this is yeah, what has... If this... If him being thrust into this role because of Gordon Hayward has created this. Because we always forget... I think we tend to forget he was the sixth pick in the draft. Like... This guy is supposed yep. to be this. So maybe, and he's only like 24, 25. I mean, he's still pretty young. I would have I would have said 26. I'm going to look it up right now because that's interesting. I was looking yeah. it up before. I think he's still pretty young. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Interesting. There's a couple things from this game that also 26. we can. Oh, it's 26. Okay. So yep. yeah, oh, you're so, right there. Yeah. Um, So when he, so on his next deal, he'll be 27, 28. So he's. Like just gonna be hitting his prime, physically is what they say. Mm-hmm. Like twenty seven ish. So a couple things from the game 
that I wanted to like bring up. One was, did you see the replay? I don't know if you saw it live, but did you see when Nick Nurse was basically on the floor and Jason Tatum threw a pass to him and it was a turnover? Okay, so I definitely saw the turnover. It was a really, really bad pass by Jason Tatum, but I actually don't think I noticed. So they re- I Nick didn't Nurse. notice it either, but then they replayed it. And Mark Jackson pointed it out. So Nick Nurse was like on the corner of the court. Mm. In the, that, was, the ball was Daniel intended. Tice, Daniel Tice was in the corner. Okay, yeah, I'm with and you then. Nick Nurse was further down, like on the actual corner of the court, but his feet were like basically on the out of bounds line, and Tatum clearly threw it to Nick Nurse, thinking that he was a player. Even though that's a weird place to throw a pass because no one stands there, for, like that shot would you you would essentially be behind the backboard. Um, Nick Nurse also was not wearing a bright green jersey though. <laughs> I know, but like, so here's my thing with it is, we the other day me and you were going back and forth about ref about refereeing, and I was sort of defending the refs in a sense of. Every game, people complain about refs making bad. Like, there's always bad calls. So, in any game, when if you're complaining about calls, then someone on the other side probably liked the call. And there's always some, there's always a ton of bad calls in a game because refing is impossible. It's one of the hardest jobs on the planet. It's just not, you just can't do it perfectly. And so, there's always going to be bad calls. But, the league has a real problem with this replay shit. It, the, the rules on when replays happen and how often and when they can choose to go to the monitor and how long it, just the whole thing. Like if they're going to be replaying everything in the last two minutes and guys, and they can replay certain things, then they should be replaying a turnover where Nick nurse is standing on the court and there should be some type of decision made there. So that I, did that play happen in the final two minutes? Like that would no, it did. That have okay, but I don't so think it would have been reviewed. Be. I don't think it would have been reviewed because the Celtics didn't even complain about it at the time. Like I, Jason Tatum just walked to the other, the other end, but it was just like I'm curious if you know, let's if they say could Brad Stevens that. had caught his eye. Like if that's yeah. even something you could replay, or, or I don't challenge. know, but that's what I'm saying. But that's my point. Is yeah, that exactly the rules and just how it gets done, and also just the fact that players literally. Every time, every single play, every player turns around and now spins their hand around. It's so, it's so annoying. It's horrible. Um, it's horrible. And again, I'm with you in how difficult a referee's job is. I mean, it almost every call is arbitrary to an extent because of like the speed of the game and the amount of contact. Like, there's rarely a call that is just flat out black and white, unless we're talking about out of bounds or back, like backcourt, something like that. So mm-hmm. their job is ridiculously hard. Um, but I, like if they were just going to do away with replay next year, would you be on board? Like, yeah. should we just go back or cause the timing of it sucks. It, it well, ruins the whole. Yeah. The I mean, game. I think they just need to clear, clarify and clean it. up the, the process of it because yeah. it's just, man, like a game, like the, like we'll talk about it in the, like, we don't, I mean, we could talk about it now, but we, we'll talk about the Clippers Nuggets game in a second, but like, that game was out of hand, and in the last two minutes, they just were replaying everything. It was like a 12-point game, and the game was over. And they're replaying everything. And it and a lot of it is the refs, like the league has to tell the refs, like just because a player looks at you and says you have to replay that, you don't have to replay it. Because that's what's happening. Yeah. Like 
Patrick Beverly or Lou Will looks at a ref and goes, and, they, and they for you guys who can't see, I'm spinning my finger around. Like, they should and then have the refs are like, okay, okay, okay. Like, it's just, I don't know. They should have a dedicated video ref that Isn't that what they do in the down. NFL? Yeah, and so, like, it should be up to a ref that's not on the floor to be like, okay, you guys got to review that real quick. It shouldn't be up to the players to just be like, but here's the problem. I think here's the problem with NBA doing that is if the players don't freak out and the refs don't, if the ref doesn't immediately decide, all right, we need to replay that and the players don't freak out, then they're just going to go on to the next play. And then how do you replay it? Because you're going to be three plays in. It's just the rules, the rules need to be cleaned up. They got, I still don't even really totally understand the replay rules. I, I just and don't. the sport itself doesn't lend itself like the NFL with all the stopping and starting. Like right, it works exactly. perfectly where yeah. if you're in a fluid situation in, in a basketball game, yeah. it just doesn't really work. I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll say about the Celtics, I see, I see it. Like I told you, if they were in Boston, this game would have been over. Like after the first half, I think Boston had enough control that they would have taken over in the second half. Yeah, but it's that it's the non-home court advantage. Also, it's my my other concern of like I I said it a couple games ago. Like if all three of their big guys are not going playing well, they seem to struggle. Um, so this is the third time that that's uh, happened. Yeah, which Nick is weird. Seems to have latched onto that. Yeah. Um, but the, so the last thing from this game that I want to bring up, I'm not going to knock Nick Nurse because obviously I just talked about how great of a coach he was, but. He he had, he was a play away from his legacy being totally changed because the play he ran at the end of the first overtime made no sense at all. And so if, if you didn't see it, they inbounded the ball to fr- so they they were targeting Kemba the whole game. And particularly in crunch time, they were going at Kemba. So anything they did, they tried to get a switch for to to go at Kemba. They inbound the ball to Fred Van Fleet, who's being guarded by Kemba, right? So immediately you have your second best offensive player with the ball being guarded by the guy you want to go at. And Van Fleet immediately goes into a dribble handoff to Norman Powell to get the switch onto Kemba. And then Kyle Lowry comes up like he's going to set a screen so they can get another switch and get Kyle Lowry on Kemba, but he never goes for it. it like, it was never even a thought. The play was clearly drawn up to get Norman Powell ISOed on Kemba to win the game. And he ends up taking a step back three. If they lose the game, you're going to look back on that play and you're going to be like, Nick Nurse, why did you draw up a play for Norm Powell to take the last shot of the game? For your season on the line. It made no sense. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of, the Celtics will never expect this, but that's still not how you should be operating. In it's weird time, because but. it's, I think it was because he had the hot hand, which is a weird thing to, because he was playing really well and he's bigger than Kemba. So maybe he thought, okay, worst case scenario, if they play good defense, he can get a shot off over him. And Siakam was so bad that he didn't want the ball in his hands, but it's just a weird decision that if it backfires, now your season ends because you potentially ends because you gave the ball to Norm Powell. This is a weird decision, but he's a lot smarter than I am. So can't question on the game. I mean, I question it, but Touché. you know, um, we can question whatever we want. We question everything. I don't yeah. care. We question it. Either way. Wow. What a game. 
Uh, go watch the highlights if anything. If you didn't see it, it was it's worth it. What a game! And game, I think Breen almost lost his mind. Game Mike seven, Breen, is, I thought was game seven can only be a letdown from that game. It's good <laughs> yeah, that there sure. is a game seven because it should be that way with this series, but it's probably not going to be great. Um. Oh, by the way, the the thing I wanted to bring up on the Kyle Lowry thing, just something I was going to say it at the end. I think I propose that we get rid of the phrase built different. I've seen so many people using the phrase built different in this playoffs. Well, it's in that LeBron commercial. Well, that it's constantly in the LeBron times. thing. Then people, someone, a, a player, an NBA player tweeted Kyle Lowry's built different. And then I know for a fact, yeah. I've seen at least one or two NBA or heat fans saying the heater just built different Jimmy Butler or whatever. Like everyone's built different. Like, technically speaking, humans, yeah, they're all built different. But in the context that you're talking about, like, they're all not just, like, these uniquely, like, special teams. Like, I don't It's just an annoying phrase. I think partially because you're right, because of that LeBron commercial. It's constant. Mm-hmm. They play, like, 50 times a game. And Jeff Van Gundy, I won't steal his thunder, but he had a great point. The only real person that is built different is the guy who said it, LeBron. Like, he actually well, is built so, differently than everyone so, else. So let's and get into that, yeah. When you're tossing it around for Kyle Lowry, it's going to get uh, played out pretty quickly. Yeah, so let's talk about, well, we'll, I want to bring up LeBron in the context of the next game. So, by the way, take all my money. I'm ready for game seven, Celtics, Raptors, whatever happens. I hope it's a great game. I hope it even is remotely as good as this game because that was incredible. That that game really got me going. Um, Clippers... Um, take a 3-1 lead over the Nuggets now. They won 96-85. Uh, Jamal Murray just looks worn out. He played 44 minutes. He had 18 points. They only scored 12 points in the first quarter. He didn't score in the first quarter. Like The the Clippers clearly came out in this one like, we're not going to have another one of these up-and-down games, uh, even though they only scored 96 points. Um, but they they just defensively, they're too good. There's, it's going to be really hard to beat them in a seven-game series. Michael Porter Jr., once again, He's he's really good. He's going to be really good. He's just not there yet. But he he had that one stretch in the game where he looked great. Um, this series is over. So we don't even need to talk about the game, honestly. But I want to talk about Kawhi. Okay. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Um, you know how badly I want the Rockets to be in the to win a championship. That's what I want. What I need is Lakers Clippers. I need it, and I'll tell you why. Yesterday, we both agreed that LeBron James is the best player in the world. And then I watched Kawhi tonight. And I'm like, I'm not so sure. Every time I watch one or the other, I go back and forth. Kawhi doesn't look like he's trying, and he has 30, 11, 9, 4, and 2. He is he's not trying. He, he's operating based on some sort of software that's been installed in him. He's just doing like he's a robot. He's a robot out there. And, and it's beautiful and, to watch. And because of that, I need to see Lakers Clippers. I have to see it. I have to see. They haven't played each other in the playoffs since 2014. And back I, then, uh, Kawhi was not Kawhi. I mean, he was good, but he was on the Spurs. Kawhi and LeBron, and I'm sure you know this already, but they're both vying for one of the most unbelievable distinctions in sports history, I will say, in that one of them could become the first player to be finals MVP with three different teams. That is outrageous. Um, 
obviously they both can't do it this year, but that series, I mean, that's all you need to know. These guys, they've taken two different teams each to the promised land, and now they're trying to do it with a third team. We need that series. We need it now. Because I'm done speculating. I'm done even commenting on who's the better player. I just need to see them play each other again in the playoffs, and then we can try to make a decision. The question I was going to ask, so Michael Jordan for forever was, when he played, he was the best player in the NBA, right? And then when he retired, there was like that stretch of the NBA where um, there was no real clearly defined best player. There was like Shaq and Kobe and Tim Duncan and KG and AI. Like it always sort of like, there was mm-hmm. never really like the guy, right? And then once LeBron got into his prime, since then, it's been 100% clear LeBron's the best player in the NBA for a, very, for a long time. Now, there is a clearly, clearly defined 1 and 1A, in my opinion. And some people might put Kevin Durant in that conversation. I was going to say, yeah, some, you're going to get pushback on Kevin Durant the past two or three years, but go ahead. When was the last time that there was such a clearly defined one and two in the NBA? Was it Larry and Magic? Magic and Larry, yeah. I think I, I definitely think so. Because they awesome. were they were one they were <laughs> so. one because they were one and two, but you could mm-hmm. make an argument for either one. And I and think I, that's many... where we are with LeBron and Kawhi right now. And that's why yeah. we need that series because think about what not that the NBA is struggling, but they're not doing as well as they could. And I think there's some of the the politics and stuff have played a part in that. Um, I don't think the ratings are as great as they would hope. Um, not that they're in trouble or anything. They're obviously not, but like, think about what magic and Larry did for the NBA. They saved the NBA. Um, Kawhi and LeBron aren't going to be that because Kawhi LeBron is, even though he doesn't look like it, he's towards the end of his career, but how, huge would it be for the nba for those two teams to play those two guys to battle and it'd be like a seven game series and just be amazing it would be electric and it's i kind of i really wish this could be in la like they're both the la teams you know and it's i, I mean like they'd both be i don't on you know what home... i kind of like it because they wouldn't be playing on their home court it would be a lakers game it, it there, there's no clippers home court there isn't it would be it would yeah, be 75 yeah. percent lakers fans so maybe this is perfect then okay I've been yeah, be- swayed. I've been instantly swayed. Yeah, because now, because the one thing that's good about the way the bubble is, is that for the Clipper home games, they will have Clipper fans on the vir- as the virtual fans. Right. And for the Laker Whereas, games, the virtual fans will be Laker fans. So if this was a regular series, then all the Clippers season ticket holders would get first dibs, and then what? The rest of them would be filled yeah, out I by guess. Rich, I don't rich know Lakers I, Yeah, fans. I don't know yeah. how that works, but it just, L.A. is a Lakers town. As yeah. much as the Clippers, it'll I mean, always be. Yeah. yeah, it's just like New York. I mean, Brooklyn's going to be great, but New York's a Knicks city. It's just, you know, they're never going to totally be able to switch it. So, yeah. Back um, to your point. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> I can't wait. Because... It's so cool. It's so cool. I mean, I I love the rock. I love James Harden. I love, and I really want Mike D'Antoni to succeed. But just it's unfortunate timing for them because we need LeBron and Kawhi. And the other wrinkle is that each of them have a legit wingman. I mean, Anthony Davis is another top five player, so he's got the edge there. But Paul George is really starting mm-hmm. to play well. He didn't have a great game tonight. 
Yeah, he but, shot the ball uh, better late in the game. Didn't really need to have a great game. Right. One thing about this game, it was an 11 point win by the Clippers. But if you told me they won by 30, I would have believed it. Like, this, well, they didn't we're score. not talking about I mean, this game. The only person who was, was scoring was Kawhi. Like, everyone else didn't really do much. They just, their defense is, first of all, their defense is, should be incredible. But secondly, like, the Nuggets clearly look like they're done with the bubble. Yeah. At one point, I don't know if you noticed this, Jamal Murray did the, Don, the Donovan Mitchell thing where he, like, just walked into the back. I did. I did see that. And they he never wasn't taking a shot either. He it, was well, they, like, we don't know. Play. They never got like a report on why because he came back so quickly. So it looked to me like he just was clearing his head, which is such a weird new concept to me. Unless it happens more in NBA games than we've noticed, and because it's the bubble, we're notice they're noticing these things mm-hmm. on camera more so. Um, but that was weird. But that to me was just like, yeah. all right, this guy's checked out. They're done. I do think another subplot is like these guys are cooped up in, in Orlando, you know, like that's another thing that like, yeah, totally you can't really go see your family. I think tensions are super high, which is to me is just going to make this better to watch. I feel for these guys. I mean, but think it's about making, it. Yeah. Think about how much pressure is on Jamal Murray. You cried on national television. Yeah. You know, like just, mentally, think, the strain has got to be a lot. These are already the most competitive people on the planet, and this right. is like pushing them to their totally. limits, and it's freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, but that series is—I mean, that series is done. So a, a, good. I mean, it's do. It's exactly what we thought it was going to be. I mean, I know I didn't even think the Nuggets would win a game. So I kind of figured it would ha- end up this way. So um, yeah. one game tonight, just one game, and it starts it? at seven. And you know what's interesting? You know why that's cool? You know why I dig it? Because there's Thursday night football. Yep. So we get to at least focus fully on the second half, if it's even a game by the second half. Let's see. Chiefs-Texans. Um, tonight's game, Lakers minus five versus the Rockets. And the real story in this game is Daniel House, who his status is up in the air for the remainder of the series. He didn't play last game. He's out for this game. He's in trouble. And he's... The league is investigating him for breaking bubble protocol. Now, I told you this before we started recording. The other day, when he didn't play, someone tweeted, Daniel House is not playing tonight because he allowed a woman into the bubble that's not his wife or his girlfriend. It was not a reporter. I don't even know who it was. There's some random random people that I follow on Twitter, so it could have been anybody. I didn't think much of it, but now they're saying he might not play again in the series. For a violation of bubble rules, so maybe that's what it was. Like, what else could it be? Unless he left the bubble. But you, I, I, mean, I would think you would have heard about that. Well, if if he left the bubble, I don't even think his status would be in question. He would just not be able to play because he'd have to quarantine for a certain amount of time for right? ten days. Yeah. So the fact that it's still up in the air tells me like they're investigating yeah to answer your question i don't think he left the bubble i think he let somebody in I he totally let someone in it. that's not a family member that like wasn't yeah. approved to come into the bubble mm-hmm. and i'm completely speculating what a dumb here. shit like what an idiot because i don't think they can win without him and not because he's that good it's just they don't have the they don't have the depth he's a key he, role player he's, he's, he's a big a part of that team yeah. he's a big part of that team. he's been a big part of that team i guess they could win without him but like they're already down to one and just not their having chances every... are smaller for yeah. sure significantly they take a hit and what an, like what an idiot what an idiot god i would trade his ass in off so season i'd get rid selfish. of him. it's so goddamn selfish although i have a hard time believing he's the maybe he's just the first guy to get caught i don't know i do i just i don't think so man it seems really hard 
like like it seems like they've these guys are on lockdown. Yeah. Which so they I, need to be. Like so I'm saying I, I believe he's the first one and I believe he got caught. <laughs> I mean I mean it, it like I'm, it's it's funny kind of cuz it's think like someone called he got the snitch caught, line. But like it's funny but like this could derail the entire playoffs. Like if all right, let's say and I'm still speculating, say he brought in a woman and she had covid and he contracts it and then he gives it to like if he oh, plays, well, yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. That if, would derail if, this whole thing. And it's it would be like the harshest ending to like one of the coolest things the NBA's ever done. So kinda like fuck him, you know? Uh yeah. I, God, what an idiot. If it's if that's what it is, we don't know. If that's what happened. Yeah, there's we, a big asterisk only, on everything. I mean, I you gotta said. assume that if he's being investigated for breaking protocol that he did something dumb. But he's denying everything to the league, apparently. Reportedly, he has denied everything to the league. So, which also makes me think someone called the snitch line. That would be who? Who on the Lakers calls the snitch line? Rondo. I'd like to think like dudes like Rondo and J.R. Smith are too like OG, like cool to do that. Caruso, like, I feel like like Kyle Marke- Kuzma, Markeith Morris. He's a Markeith Morris is the type of guy that would do it. I think. Um. Man, that would be like the ultimate gamesmanship. It would be amazing if we found out that somebody called the snitch line. Whatever it is, the whole thing is going to be amazing when we find out what the real story is. Yeah, Wob tweeted out, like, this is going to make an amazing podcast episode yeah, someday. Sure. It's the truth. Um, I'm going to take the Lakers minus five. I'm, I feel like this is headed similarly to what the Clippers series is, where they're just going to win the next two, and they're going to be by more and more. As much as the Rockets have looked way better than the Nuggets, I just think it's they're going to overwhelm. So here's what I can't get out of my head from the previous game is the 30 three-point attempts. Like, I have to think they get back to what they've been doing all season. I think they launch like 55 three-pointers, and they get hot, and they either win this game or it's extremely close. So I'm going to go with the Rockets, plus five. To cover, got it. Not to win. To cover, cover. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they... They launched a bunch of threes in game two, and they lost. So, um, I just think the Lakers, LeBron and AD are just too much. They're too much yeah, for this team. No doubt in my mind, Lakers are the better team. Yeah. I just think the Rockets are such a wild card with the way they, oh, they yeah. should be. They play in yeah. the defense. You just any given night, their defense plays so well. Um, all right, real quick, we don't have to really talk about this, but I just want to mention Woj is reporting that. Chauncey Billups and some other people are reporting that he's the front runner, but that he has emerged as a candidate for the Pacers job. Um, which I, I mean, what, it, it's it's whatever. I, I, again, that's another thing where I don't totally get it because they just fired a former player who is a former point guard, defensive minded, who's been coaching forever and at points in the year was in the coach of the year conversation. So bringing in Chauncey other than cachet and maybe respect from younger guys. Like, I'm not sure what the point is, but we'll see. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I've been thinking about your, your thing last night. The, the decisions regarding coaches surrounding the NBA don't usually make a lot of sense. Yeah, unless the trend now is just like, I mean, the trend of hiring former players without any experience has been going on for a while now, but like. Has anyone really had that much success at all with that? Former players with no experience? Yeah. I mean, coaches with no head coaching. I mean, first-year coaches. No, former players with former players with no experience. I mean, I'm just Derek Fisher. That was a train wreck. Jason Kidd was awful. 
I mean, Steve yeah, Kerr. Doesn't... Steve Kerr was pretty good. Mark Jackson was pretty good too. It's, he just Steve Kerr great. have no coaching experience. No, he was in a front. Office. No. He was in the front office in San in uh, Phoenix for a okay. long time. Yeah, that worked out pretty well, huh? Mark Jackson was pretty good too. He just wasn't good enough. Yeah. But the last few, like Jason Kidd, was a disaster, and obviously Derek Fisher was a disaster. So, we'll see. I, I don't know. Whatever. Um, all right. Well, one game tonight. I'm excited for having just one game, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Good episode. Later. Take care. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.